If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Ryan Clements, and this is Podcast Unlocked, episode uh, 13. It was right in front of me, and I couldn't even read it. Uh, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. I am very happy to have, let's start on my left, Stephanie Lee, a returning fan favorite of the Podcast Unlocked family. Banana hammock. Very nice. Oh, our, our newest catchphrase. Yeah, well, people were wanting a catchphrase, so I just decided to throw Banana one out hammer. there. It seems a little forced, but it might work out yeah. down the road. Eventually. It's speaking, just in time for summer. Speaking of working out, I think someone's been working out. It's Pizza Eichmann's. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Uh, apparently, I've been pumping some iron that I don't even know about. Exactly. So, hey. Dream pumping. <laughs> There's the catchphrase. Dream pumping. Podcast unlocked. Dream pumping uh, since 2010. I love dream pumping. You know, yes. And you know All who else fun with none of the pumping. effort. Yeah. Anthony Gallegos. I ate two burritos for lunch today. Yeah? Look at were all these tasty? catchphrases. I know. How, how were the burritos, Anthony? Uh, it was way too much food, and no one thought I could do it. All right. They're vegetarian, though, so they're a little bit... I feel like when you, you add meat into the equation, it's a little heavier. But the beans are pretty filling. That's true. Beans and rice and tortilla. Yeah. It's a deadly combination. Mm. Either way, <laughs> you won it because you ate both of them. Yeah. I played an Xbox this week. That's why I'm here. There you go. Also, uh, uh, three out of the four of us attended E3, and one poor soul had to remotely attend E3 from our office yeah, here Yeah, E3 in San looked Francisco. a lot like our offices. You probably got more <laughs> entertainment. Out. You got to see all the press conferences. I did not. Like, I was either writing news stories or, like, kind of trying to pay attention. Yeah. So. You end up missing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Stephanie. I'm like, sorry. Like, I didn't even get to see the Sony one because I was on my way to the Sony one while you guys were there. Yeah. So. We, we showed up late. We did. Well. Poor it, me. I know. Boo-hoo. But uh, as you <laughs> might have expected, today is a day where we talk about E3. It's going to be our E3 uh, 360 show. Basically, because we obviously could, didn't have time to record one last week. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so I think I just kind of want to well, – why don't we first go around the room and see what was the, the coolest thing 
that everybody Are we saw talking about Xbox or experienced. Games? Xbox it, games. I'm gonna. I will. I will allow you to speak of anything because <laughs> I want. I want a good video game conversation. However, if it is conveniently about a 360 game, that's even better. So, do, would we, shall we start with uh, Stephanie Lee? Yeah, you know what? The Halo 4 reveal would have been a lot cooler if someone didn't leak it right before yeah. the press conference. Mm. You know, it would have blown my mind. Would really? it? Would, well, I mean, wouldn't you have I expected wouldn't have expected it? it at this E3, honestly. Okay. Yeah. You would have expected it at next E3? I don't know. Like I would have only because Microsoft doesn't have anything else to announce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they and next E3, they're going to announce a new console. Yeah. So they don't Sometime need, later. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, like, was cool. that single early reveal just took all the steam out of that. Yeah. Fi- it was like the final thing of their press conference. Like, Halo 4, and we're like, we already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the lights go dark, and yeah. everybody's, oh, I got Master Chief is back. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like you still enjoyed it, though, even though it was uh, spoiler alerts. Yeah, I actually enjoyed a lot of the games. There's just too many titles this E3. But too, too many to. Uh, too many to... Uh, pick a favorite? Yeah, to pick okay. a favorite. Can you pick three that you really loved hearing about this year? Hmm. Definitely Mass Effect 3. Okay. Bioshock. Good. I think this is like this goes for pretty much everyone. Mass Effect 3, Bioshock 3. Bi- <laughs> yes, Bioshock 3. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually really excited. And this is not at the, the main E3 show, but I was actually really excited about the, Kona- uh, the Contra review at Konami's pre-E3 press conference. Oh, yes. So... Because there was a what lack, we, a distinct lack of details. Talk about it. Nothing. I actually, uh, oh, <laughs> we right. know nothing about it. The one word. Yes. Okay. So nothing. Yeah, nothing. Got it. And that's what's that's what makes it so great. Okay. Do you think it's going to be awesome though? Mm, actually, I'm actually in the process of putting up an editorial on that. Ooh. Yes. So stay tuned, Digen.com, stay for tuned. more on Stephanie Lee's thoughts on, on the Contra, Contra. Mm-hmm. on the Contra games. All right, Peter. We, uh, 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 man, uh, readers were right. This chair is extremely squeaky. I just can't <laughs> lean back in it. Okay. Don't move. No, it's the same sort of thing. Like, we had an insane number of games up for our Best of Show nominees. Like, yes. the same number of nominees. But same thing. Like, Bioshock Infinite looks amazing. And it's hard to, like, convey that with, you know, the trailers we have and all our write-ups. And until um, 2K releases and Irrational release the full gameplay demo that we actually saw at the show for everyone else, I think it's going to be hard for everyone else to see just how amazing it is. Did you see the behind closed yeah. doors demo? All right. And excellent. it was... That was the only way to see Bioshock. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, I mean, miss? there's like some clips of it in the new Skyline trailer that we put up yesterday or on Monday and some other stuff, but like the pacing, the narrative, like everything about it is... It's not like more like Bioshock Plus, like Bioshock with some new stuff. It's like a whole new... Yes. Thing. Whereas a lot of the other sequels at the show were like that game plus some. Like Mass Effect 3 has a bunch of cool new stuff, but it's still Mass Effect plus some. Or the new Batman is still Batman plus some. That kind of thing. Even well, Mass Skyrim. Effect is part of a trilogy, though, so that's yeah. kind of expected. But Bioshock is just such like a detour from um, what the first two did. That's what makes it even more fascinating. I Don't think. you remember, though, back in the day when uh, the next game in a franchise was like utterly different? Like Mario 3 to Super Mario World. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, nowadays games are very much more like we we take the same engine, most of the same assets, we add in some new stuff. That's three. It's yeah. not the same. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that was a cool. And Bioshock like, is m- very much a whole new game. Exactly, and that that's what's so cool about it. 
And we're not just talking about in terms of story. I mean, this is everything from like yeah, a, it's like the it visual standpoint. Sky, from, like, there's these things called skylines that are basically roller coasters, which make like the pacing super fast. You're not like a big daddy like trudging through Bioshock 2. You're like a guy who's really nimble and can get around the world like up and down in like split seconds. It's yeah. very cool. One of, one of the things that actually concerned me during that Behind Closed Doors demo was that I don't think I'd be able to play that section if I didn't have everything in that section memorized. Because while we were watching that demo, I'm pretty sure that like, it, he went around this, this area at such high speeds yeah. with enemies flying around in God knows what direction. <laughs> it was, it's impossible to keep track of. Like, I had no idea what was happening most of the time. It's true, but I do think that, that that skyline was a contained unit. Like, he couldn't have gone off to anywhere in the world. True. It was a loop. Yeah. It was so like, basically, it was he still, could get off anywhere and, like, look, get his bearings, jump back on. It's still, I mean, you kind of have to think about that, though. It That was still a massive play space, and there was fire coming For from that one all battle, directions. Yeah. There was, like, a Zeppelin There's in a the Zeppelin, air. Like, on the wing. Just rocking shit up, up top. And then there's like a billion dudes with rocket launchers like flying down these roller coasters yelling at you. And then you're like Everyone's warping – you're warping time and space. Yeah. I basically compare it to like – just take any any war scene in a movie recently where, where shit goes crazy, <laughs> where like a human being couldn't possibly comprehend everything that's happening. That's Bioshock Infinite except in, in the sky. Kind of. And I mean that's the, another thing. Like the first two Bioshocks never had that moment. Like nothing was paced that quickly in the and first they were two games very, at all, and they were very contained. Yeah, exactly. Play spaces. And I mean, this may be too in yeah, level that, design, that but it doesn't be, feel like it right. because you're just right. It would also and could, sky everywhere. That could very well be the only giant instance like that in the game. Like, yeah, possibly. I mean, there's no way for us to know. Um, but that was actually probably one of the highlights of the show as well. So I'm glad you brought it up because that was, I believe, uh, our own Hillary. Uh, let's see, when did he write about that? It was a week before E3. Yeah, yeah it was during Judges was. Week, right? Um, he was the first one to have written up a preview yeah. of, of that particular demo, and it re- I, would, I would recommend people check it when out. When the reviews come out for that game, everyone's going to be talking. I'm just predicting here. Everyone's going to be talking about how amazing the story is, and I think that's going to be really telling down the line because uh, the story in that game is, is really simple, and I think that, the, that that's what makes great storylines. Like People think of things like Crisis and all these other games as having great stories, but... I have a friend who works at Irrational, and he was telling me, he's like, try and tell me what Crisis 2 is about, like, at any given time. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? And it's true. Like, a lot of these games, they have, like, these really stupid explanations to try yeah. and do it. And it's because the best games, like Uncharted and Bioshock, the reason they come down to great stories is that they're really simple. Like, Bioshock, he said, we basically are telling the same story as Super Mario Brothers, like, rescue the princess. That's the whole point of the game. But because of that, that's what makes the story so great. Yeah. Uncharted, it's like, get to this one place. Yep. That's all it is. F- find the treasure. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, and I would agree. I think sometimes a simple premise, but with complexity built around it, is preferable to a complex premise, regardless of... And I think another kicker where Bioshock departs from its old self, too, is you're now, like, you're an active part in the story. Like, you're talking, your character's talking throughout the thing. You're interacting directly with your princess, and it's like, rather than, like, these recordings or radios talking to you and telling you where to go and what to do, you're very much you are the center of your universe. There's nobody else telling you what to do. Yeah. At least in what we've seen. Are you a silent protagonist in, in Bioshock Infinite? Like no, no, you're no, con- no. That's you're what I mean. You're constantly oh. talking to Elizabeth, the yeah. other girl you're with, always. Oh, right. 
And I actually, speaking of Elizabeth, I think that's going to make a very interesting gameplay mechanic. So for people that don't know, uh, you are sort of in control of this... Uh, I forgot what party he like some political party he belongs to or he he's was like some sort of mercenary. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's trying to rescue this woman from the clutch from like a tower and she is under the protection of this giant mechanical bird named Songbird. Uh, named Songbird. Yeah. And so the a lot of the game at least from what we've seen is you guys trying to escape not only from Songbird but to navigate this play space where this giant floating city is being torn from the inside out by political strife. The Vox Populi. Yes. Yeah, it's got like a whole communist versus kind of very isolationist sort of thing. All the the fun political intrigue. But yeah, all you need to know is that he's trying to get Elizabeth to safety. Like, just get her out of there. Yeah. And uh, But the cool thing about her is that she has the unique ability, to correct me if I'm wrong, to to shift and distort space-time. To basically open other realities is what it looks like. Yeah, it, they, they call it like tears. Rips, so as you're yeah. walking through the game world, you'll see like these gray, scratchy objects, and like you can basically tear open reality and place new objects in yes. different places. And you can kind of, during combat, it looks like you'll be able to sort of see these and, and, and like ask elizabeth you'll like yell out to her and she will open up these tears yeah i mean i think we saw that in the demo yeah. where there's the guys on the skyline and yes. she brings in a cart and the cart just rams all the guys on yeah the skyline. and it, i gotta say if it actually works like it does in that demo goddamn, is it badass yeah like when the dude's just like elizabeth and then like a fucking car comes flying <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere and like mows dudes down i almost wanted to call awesome. it like a tower defense mechanic because it's like at one point you see like this gray like turret or something that will uh-huh. help you fight and at another point you see like um, you know, rubble she can tear into the world. It'll be more cover. So yep. it's a sort of like defensive, offensive mechanic yes. where on the fly you can ask her to do these different things that'll help you in any given situation. You just have to be careful, I think, because it implies, at least story-wise, that she doesn't always be. Op- she isn't always in control of it. She she does yeah. not. Yeah, does not. It seem leads like to chaos too. It seems. Uh, like. yeah. that, that was actually a really awesome part of the demo where she accidentally rips open reality to like the 80s. Yeah, to, and all to, of a sudden they're like in the 1980s alternate reality where Revenge of the Jedi. Yes, is in a movie theater. On the marquee. Yeah, very cool stuff. Um, probably I think most people that went to that demo that was their highlight for the yeah. show. I think so. I mean, yeah. every uh, property we own, One Up Games by IGN, all gave it game of the show. Yeah. So. For so, good reason. Yeah, absolutely. From what I what I can hear. Yeah, money talks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, uh, it, was, it was awesome. Anthony, I mean, would you have selected Bioshock Infinite as your as your like kind of the the best moment you had at the show this year? Or is there something? I else? do a bit of disclosure. One of my best friends designed that demo, but uh-huh. uh, I still think it's awesome. Yeah. So. I don't think he probably did it by himself. Well, no, it's true. I mean, he was the <laughs> he was the lead designer okay. on that. He did not make it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. Wait, wait. You told me your game of show was like this small game called Papa Yo. That's well, that's the most unique game I saw. Oh, Papa okay. Yo for PSN. I'm not gonna talk about it too much here because that's a PSN game. Yes. <laughs> but I will say you should go look it up. Papa Yo. And the only reason it's probably not coming out to 360 is you have to have a publisher, and they don't have a publisher. Yeah. So. Mm. Tricky business. Um, but XCOM, as far as Xbox games, that game looks pretty cool. It's from the 2K Marine guys that did Bioshock 2. And did you see? Did anyone else see that demo? I did. I went. Yeah, to that you know one. they I talk. They talk about how it's going to have all these interesting themes of race and sexism because it takes place in the '60s, but they really didn't they do didn't get a good job of, of showing that in the demo at all. And then I've even heard stuff online, like read that 
one of the agents you fight with is like a closeted homosexual <laughs> and like they deal with that and stuff. These are all these really interesting themes that they want to deal with because it's the sixties and you know, when women were getting rights finally and when, <laughs> and you know, and when there was a lot of race strife and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see if they actually are able to convey that in a first person shooter. Yeah. Cause the demo is still very much as much as they added a whole bunch of new gameplay elements, like the tactical wheels and even like time based special attacks sort of thing. Yeah. Like time points, um, it's still very much like you versus the aliens. Even though they set up the whole demo like, oh, you know, it's the start of the Cold War, the Cuban Missile Crisis is about to happen, but all that just kind of goes out the window when exactly, you start shooting yeah. aliens. I mean, as soon as they said like you're going to deal with all these issues of gender and race, and then the leader of your organization is a woman, and they didn't even make mention of that. I was yeah. like, you would think in the '60s, like men would be kind of dicks about the fact of being led by a woman. I don't know. I'm just curious to see if they're able to do it because yeah. for now it looks like a pretty cool. Shooter, it could work, and yeah. the setting looks really cool. But if they can really nail those other story things, it'll be like that would be really interesting because you know a lot of games don't touch that sort of stuff. Yeah, for anyone who was like upset by last year's showing and it looked just like a straight shooter, they're definitely trying to respond to that by adding like a few more detailed elements. It's almost like, like Mass Effect, like first person Mass yeah, Effect in a lot of ways. Yeah, two very units much controlling your squad and exactly. telling them what to do. And pausing and issuing orders. See, I get nervous when you say they're responding to feedback and trying to just add stuff in because that means it wasn't intended from the very beginning. And I think well, any time you're kind of adding to the fundamental design doc for a game kind of late in the program, that's kind of when I worry about it. They said that, that, that what they said, in the, at least in the demo I'm on, I'm sure they repeat it for you, is that they realized they were trying to too much just make another Bioshock game. Yeah. And they didn't want to do that. They so. called it... Not ex commie enough. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why they kind of added some stuff and tweaked some things. Yeah, okay. I, I think they're definitely trying to make a shooter that will appeal more to fans that played the old turn based strategy games. Yeah. So. Well, because it was a huge departure from the original. Oh, completely. I mean, and that different. original is I, I mean, classic. It's, it's like as much a departure as Fallout is from the old Fallout. Yeah. They're like almost unrecognizable except for the setting. Yeah. So, That'll true. be one we have to see more before we can make any real calls on if it's if it's going to work or not. Because they do. They want to include a lot of different things, but we've really just still seen some tactical alien shooting. Was the, was <laughs> Which I guess that actually describes shooting. XCOM, but yeah. um, I'd I just like to see more. I okay. can't really think of any cool Microsoft-only games that were there except for Gears. Gears I mean, Gears very cool, great. though. Yeah. Yes. And Forza's Forza, but I don't know. And then there was a bunch of Kinect games. You know, I was particularly... Uh, I really like the Gunstringer. What? What are you sorry about? I don't know. I thought I interrupted you. No, no, not at all. I was, oh, I'm yeah. Right I mean, I haven't always been. So, I haven't never really been sold on Connect. I still don't have one myself. But uh, I went through with Christine and I played all the Connect games, like Connect Sports Two and the Disney game and um, Dance Central Two, all these things. Mm -hmm. But what I really liked was the Gunstringer, Twisted Pixels new game. Um, they did like Comic Jumper, Explosion Man, all those. So they have like this quirky sense of humor, and they've been building off their same game engine for all their different games, actually. But the Gunstring is actually a very, very good Connect-only game that controls really well. Like with your left hand, you're controlling this marionette, like dragging him around the screen and making him jump and everything. And with your right hand, you're marking targets like um, Dead Eye and Red Dead Redemption or something. Okay. Um, so you mark your targets on the screen, and when you pull back your hand, you lay out your six shooter shots. So if you mark like six targets and pull your hand back, uh, you're gonna blast every one of those targets. But it's very like, there's very little lag. Um, and it, the, it just reads you very well. And that's kind of compounded by this crazy like diorama style level 
where um, everything's made of cardboard, cardboard and you can see all like the corrugated cardboard, cardboard and hand-painted scenes. And there's literally like a live studio audience watching you play. So Cheering you, and stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> as you go through the levels and you, like you can see behind the trees sometimes, there's like a live audience behind you just kind of like clapping and cheering and laughing as things happen. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's totally quirky and funny, but it all comes down to the fact that the con it controls really well with Connect. Is it a downloadable game? I think it's going to be retail. Okay. It's probably like a $50 Connect only game. I mean, like uh, Fruit Ninja was another cool Connect game I played. As cool as Fruit Ninjas, but it's not a retail game. It's like a fifteen dollars download. Nice. You know, I think Fruit Ninja is a fun game, and playing it with two people is obviously kind of fun. And you don't have to be super precise with connect controls because you're just swinging your hands around <laughs> like a belligerent idiot, and which is like exactly what people tried to do when I watched them play Connect Star Wars. They tried to swing their arms around like an insane person, and that game you really actually can't do that. You, would, ah. it, you really have to be really precise, actually. It's more fun than I thought, actually. Yes, because your right hand swings, yeah. your left hand uses the force. Yeah. So you have to actually sit there and like make really precise swings, and then you need to, like lifting your hand, left hand lifts enemies, yeah. like pushing forward, push them back. pushes them. You, yeah, it requires some pretty the only thing, precise like, I love movements. The, sword, the lightsabers work great, and the force worked well, but what I don't like is how you move forward. You have to like kind of take a step. The screen. It's, it's an awkward kind of feeling, but everything else feels pretty <laughs> good. Peter was doing game. some sort of hip-hop right so there. Good, <laughs> I'm still thinking of Dance Central over here. You basically are checking people to move forward. You're like, what? Step. Yeah, step. Step. Yeah, so, so <laughs> with your hands out. That game is not going to be fun, is my prediction. I don't think that I'm, I love Star Wars, but I have no interest in playing it. But when I was watching this like 45-year-old woman sit there and play it in the demo, like out of the, out of the group watching. Yeah. She was having the time of her life. <laughs> I was like, that is exactly who this game is for. Yeah. That, that woman and, like, children. If I had been a child and that game existed... It would be amazing. You're right. It would be the greatest Shoot. thing of all It really time. would. By the way, I would like to say that Peter's uh, hip-hop move that he was just doing, I believe it's called the Say What Hands in Dance Central. <laughs> That's the move. Say what, yeah. Wow. Say what. I say what. Maybe? It, no? So I guess maybe there's a little crossover and connect Star Wars and Dance Central <laughs> to swing your lightsaber, use your right hand to move forward, say what? Say what hands? <laughs> I, personally, I don't have a... I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm kind of excited for, like, Microsoft, you know, trying to push all these connect games. I, I really appreciate that they're, like, doing something different, sort of, even though, like, technically Nintendo tried to do it with the motion controls. So, but I really wish Microsoft would stop pushing it on this, this like... Spectacular technology on yeah. video games. I feel like it's wasted. Its its potential is wasted. I think they announced like they that need to use it towards real life applications. Do you see some of the stuff that people hack the Connect for? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like the um, and they have the new like test labs where they're trying to incorporate some of that, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I think they also announced that they're in all first party titles is going to involve Connect in some way. Yeah, I was going to say you can't. You, I'm waiting. I can't wait till the guide for Mass Effect Three is being done in the office, and I get oh to watch you at your desk, Stephanie, saying. <laughs> What do you mean you won't help me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a nasty Batarian. <laughs> Have you seen him? That's my shepherd voice. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. pretty decent shepherd yeah. voice. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so E3, huh? What a show, guys, mm. right? No, I tried to put Peter's jacket on when he was still in it. That was a highlight for me. It was a uh, late night. <laughs> I don't know Dude, what that means. I just Dude. think in the scheme of things, Microsoft stuff didn't look as exciting because they were the only ones who didn't bring out a new platform and show new games, basically. Mm. Nintendo yeah. did. Sony did. Yeah, Sony, like, I mean, we already knew about the Vita. Right, though. but we hadn't seen all the games and stuff for True. it, as well as such an elaborate demonstration. We had only seen, for all of us, the rest of us, 
you know, very few people got to go to the Japan thing you did and go check out these things. So yes. it was kind of the first big reveal. Yeah, and I think the cool true. thing is that everyone was really receptive to the the Vita once they got a, like got to play around with it. Once yeah, we got to know, it was like also going to be two hundred fifty dollars. And it's price. That's, That's the price. price. Yeah, that was. It's a nice little price there. It is. That's so. probably the biggest. Grabber. Then poor Kaz getting booed with the AT and T service. <laughs> Man, sometimes it is awkward to be in those press conferences because it is it is ultimately a professional event. They're supposed to be professional. Yeah. But it was but mixed was, with fans, too, well, right? Well, well. like the general public. Well, I think they let ev- anyone in that wanted to go in. We showed up a little bit late, and <laughs> if you we had, like, late. tickets. But they're just like, yeah, going in. Like, if you they show just up late, they don't even in. scan. Yeah. Just a little pro tip Anybody could have walked in there. Anyway, what else can we discuss? Let's see. Does anyone else have anything they want to touch on? I'm just glad. I don't know E3s. when it's coming. But, like, Microsoft kind of, like, under their breath with like, and these extra details for Xbox Live. Uh, now there's going to be cloud saves and cloud profiles. So I don't have to, well, I finally, when I first started over here, I would keep re-importing my profile, like at home and here, yeah. and it takes like 20 minutes every time. Uh, and now you don't have to do that anymore. Even though now my profile lives on a flash drive, which is much easier. I think uh, it was interesting that we didn't see, this is totally kind of a tangent because it's not really an Xbox thing, but we didn't see any Windows Phone 7 stuff at all. That was like a bigger push for them. During GDC, they announced all these new games for Windows Phone 7 and stuff, and then they didn't have anything. That is a little weird, actually. Every booth had iPhone games, but no one had Windows Phone 7 games. That shit's dead. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, bro. Oh, Anthony's wagging his foot. Wagging his foot at it. Yep. I'm also going to go off on a tangent and say that this past weekend, I got a PS3, and Ah. after... Finally, after three years of just wavering back and forth on the decision, because I had I lived in uh, with a roommate in college that had a PS3, so I never really had a reason to buy it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, now that I don't live with him, I I don't have access to a PS3 anymore unless I'm at work. Anyways, so I bought a PS3, and after spending the entire weekend downloading updates <laughs> and installing them on my atrociously slow internet, oh god, I'm just I just want to say that I'm pretty glad that the the live service is is uh designed better in that regard. Okay. I, I don't I don't want to say this is to like spark some like fanboy war. No, I think just, the I people mean, that are listening to this show are going to be like, yeah, it is better. Yeah. Well, I would no. also I would also argue that in a lot of ways Xbox Live is superior in terms of its infrastructure. Yeah. Well, I mean, better would be since we pay for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's also I mean, we pay for everything with our time. <laughs> Yes, but I pay for Xbox. I pay for Xbox Live with my time and my money. Time and yeah, money in your wallet. Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true. Uh, anything else, guys? Before we move on to some questions, um, I don't want to rush the conversation here. E3, E3. It's going to take another what year before show. we get there. What uh, a show! But yeah. I, I guarantee you, next I would be willing to bet next year we'll see a new Xbox. E3 was the loneliest week of my IGN it career. It must have been so quiet here. Yeah, it you, was only you it was were just, like one it was of the me only and people. Ng. <laughs> one of the only people in the office. And he is not entertaining when he's working. <laughs> like just, I would be like, "Hey, Steven, check this out. Isn't this awesome?" And he has his headphones on. And he just ignores me because he can't hear me. Oh. Well, that's not ignore. Oh, damn it, this chair. Ah. Anyway, well, yeah, it's not character. technically ignoring. Yeah, him, because he just, can't hear you. Yeah. So it's okay. It's, it's not like he just like turns to look at you and then just turns back to his screen. <laughs> Sometimes he does that too. <laughs> okay, well that's a little worse. That's a little worse. Uh, I think that uh, well, you guys, I want you guys to come back to E3 stuff if you think of anything. I did rather enjoy the Jorts video that Scott made. Oh yeah, that it made me laugh. You can only find that on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, 
You know what? I would have enjoyed it if I didn't have to hear it 400 times at 2 a.m. when I was trying to write <laughs> yeah, stories. Were they, were they recording it at that time? I uh, share yeah. a little bit of sentiment and, with that. And, like, I mean, like, you know, thank goodness that they're doing this doing these comedy features, and I really appreciate our, our extended reach into the social but. market uh, media outlet majiggers. <laughs> but in general, when I'm trying to write and I'm severely sleep-deprived and I know that I'm going to get back to my hotel room and Peter's going to be there sleeping and I'm going to stumble in and the fucking door is going to make this catacly- cataclysmic sound, and there's no way that I'm not going to wake Pete up. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. <laughs> Yeah. I did that every night with my roommate. Also, my roommate at E3 wants just to share a brief E3 story. I'm ready. 3.30 in the morning, first night, he starts babbling in his sleep. And you're just like, what? Is that really what he said? Yeah. And then and then 3.30 another night. I'm not sure if this was a dream or not because I was very tired. That's awesome. But I'm pretty sure this wasn't a dream. I kind of like woke up a little bit and rolled over. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's sleeping and he just sits up on his elbow and looks at me. <laughs> And doesn't say a word. That's so creepy. Yes, it was. I, I was like looking around for the phone so I could bash a skull and I thought I was about to be attacked by a zombie. You sound like a light sleeper though, Anthony. Yeah, oh, I am man. I am sometimes. Like you got woken up by the fact that he just like stood up on his elbow and started looking at you. Yeah, well I didn't I this was It was first, a survival instinct. This was a free, I mean, was, that was I, the fucking T virus coming into exactly. play. Exactly. I was not rooming with Anyone I knew in E3, all I saw were games where it was just the end of the world yeah. over again. So I'm yes. getting a certain mindset. I'm a little bit on that. edge. Alternatively, if you couldn't already guess, Pete and I were roommates yes. at, uh, at E3. Uh, I would sometimes just wake up and he was gone. Like, I didn't even hear him leave. I don't know, how, ninja. I don't know how you avoided the hyper door and all its terrible cacophony of you're noises. You're opening it wrong, I think you're Ryan. Just, I think you're just uh, too strong like, for your own heavy good. Heavy sleeper. Is a heavy sleeper? Must be. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say too strong for your own good. So when you would go to close the door, you'd be like, Sorry, I just meant to close it slowly. I don't know my own strength. I love how that's how I sound in this in this weird world. Sorry. Just getting home from writing up Dragon's Dogma. No, I didn't write that. I don't know who did, if anyone. Uh, shall we answer some questions, folks? Yeah, let's do it. And we then do that. we will uh, skedaddle. Let's do... Oh, this is... Uh, we'll come back to that. All right. Xbox show at E3 showed that it is becoming an entertainment one-stop shop. So will they, as probably Microsoft, bring this stuff to the PC users, seeming how they released <laughs> Kinect kits for the nope. PC? This is yeah. from Carl from London. I don't Dude, think they will. No. no. Why? Netflix and stuff? Netflix. I'll tell you. Netflix.com. Hulu.com. You already have it on the PC. What are they talking about? Well, I the thing is, like, for Xbox now is they're doing the new dashboard, and now you can say Xbox do everything. Xbox make me a sandwich, like, with all the new <laughs> stuff. But they're also getting some kind of live TV service and, um, like, Bing, so you can just have it search anything you want. I don't think they'd put that much money into doing it, though, just because on a PC they don't have a captive audience that has exactly. to use their software. They want uh, – they're going to focus that – on Xbox, I think, completely. Because they want everyone to buy a Kinect, everyone to buy an Xbox, and sign up for whatever ridiculous additional services we'll have to pay for now with exactly. live TV and Hulu Plus, that kind of stuff. Exactly. All those services already exist on PC. They're just not yeah. all in one, one place. place. And you could th- they had that whole promotion where buy a computer, get an Xbox. They, like, they want their PC owners now to be Xbox owners too. So it's yeah. just really making that whole entertainment system take over. Mm-hmm. Will we see Connect on the PC, I don't though? I think so. No. Okay. 
Okay. Just the, like the development the hacks and that kind of stuff. Uh, let's do a question from Josh from the lesser known part of the UK, Wales. His words, not mine. <laughs> the lesser Greedy. known. You have Catherine Zeta Jones from Wales. Welsh corgis are from Wales. <laughs> yeah. I so. think, yeah, I think you're, you, you don't respect how much we know about Wales. There yeah. you go. I think it actually probably ends there, but hey. Uh, let's, all right. So Josh says, greetings, unlocked crew. When you were talking about JRPGs a couple of episodes ago, I went back and played blue dragon. Grinding is pretty easy. If you invest in the right class barrier magic, I don't know what that means. I'm assuming there's barrier magic and I'm enjoying replaying it. Have any of you played the game? If you have, what did you think of it? Do we have blue dragon players in the room? I glossed over that game because I think it it came out in like the early like in the Xbox's infancy. Yeah, it was. Did you play blue dragon clans? No, that's or else I wouldn't know what barrier magic means. Okay, I wasn't sure. I think they released a demo around that time that I played, but I never actually got oh, the game. I shouldn't have asked this question on the air. <laughs> so, you guys, anybody played it? No. I pretty much stopped listening as soon as he said grinding is easy. <laughs> and I remember it, too. Like, it got a lot of Started mediocre about high school Yeah, dances. I remember that. Like, the look was cool, and it seemed like a cool idea, but I played a little bit of the demo, and it's weird to do a demo for an RPG. Like, especially if it hooks you. Well, obviously, you're going to have to buy it, but... Just playing such a small piece of a much bigger thing just doesn't really work. And after kind of mediocre reviews, I think, I just passed it over. I wasn't interested in the uh, Dragon Ball Z-inspired art, personally. It was like the same artist, right? It was the same artist. Yeah, it is. And I have never been a huge fan. And he even did the designs for Chrono Trigger back in the day. And Mm -hmm. I guess I kind of like the Chrono Trigger designs a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that's still a stretch. Like, I just look at their dumb faces. (laughs) Their dumb hair. You guys have such ugly faces. (laughs) I'm pretty I don't sure actually think that. you can actually. They're all cute. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can get Blue Dragon for like less than $10 these days. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you can. Very cheap. Uh, I totally. Doesn't answer the question. I am really failing at my uh, hosting duties because I totally forgot to mention the email address that you can email us with questions. Unlocked at IGN.com. It's easy, but I still should have reminded you. My apologies. Better late for that. than never, Ryan. Thank you. I'm glad that you think that way. Yes, but please join our conversation. Send us questions, comments, concerns, and cool JPEGs with anime renditions of me to <laughs> unlockedigen.com. You're like putting out a specific <laughs> request, like very uh, detailed. So let's do, let's move on. Uh, this is from The Baker. The Baker writes, Dear Locksmiths, Never Dead looks to be either hilariously awesome or hilariously asinine. Your thoughts? Both. Exactly. That's going to be my guess. That, so I played Never Dead for the first time at, at E3. It's a damn chair. Uh, and I was actually kind of interested in it. I The combat is a little clunky right now, and it definitely needs some polishing. Mm-hmm. But if they do do that, then I think we might have a fun action game. On yeah, hands. but I, I think it could also be hilariously awesome and stupid at the same time. Like, it, I have no doubt there will be some awesome parts, and there will be some parts that will make you hit your head because they'll be so dumb. Yeah. And that's well, okay. You that's do, kind of the point. You can yeah. rip your own head off and use it. Throw exactly. it, right? uh, And use it to, like, get to other places in the level, which I think is really It kind of has almost a feeling of, like, uh, I'm not saying they're the same, but it reminds me a lot of, like, the Evil Dead movies. Mm-hmm. In nice. A way. It's very silly. It doesn't take itself seriously yes. at all, either. I actually, so I wrote, when I wrote my article, I, I was actually really upset about this, the whole mechanic that they use in this game because obviously the premise is never dead your character can't die right so here's the premise already really cool to me because it's like there's death dominates video games it's all Mm -hmm. video games are all about death and character death so your character can't die 
He's immortal. He can, you know, get his limbs cut off. His even he he can even be just a head rolling around, but he can still regrow his body in time. And really, the challenge is supposed to come in from your AI companion, who is a mortal woman. She can be killed, so you're basically protecting her, and that's where the sort of game over uh, state comes into play. Is okay. if she dies, then you get game over. Except you aren't immortal. You can die. If you are just a head, there are these little squids that roll around, and they can suck up your head, eat you, and then it's also game over and you die. <laughs> so this, to me, was just a fundamental saying like, fuck you, our you, you can actually die. Our whole game is flawed. And I just hate that because they already have an end state. They already have an out. They already programmed it in. They figured it out. It's like, okay, AI companion, so it's more about protecting than surviving. Mm-hmm. You can almost sac- like sacrifice yourself, like kind of have your character jump in the way of like a big explosion or something and protect this AI companion. But you could still die by a little squid that eats your head. Never dead. That's never dead. And so like, sometimes dead. <laughs> sometimes dead. <laughs> like that's that. It really frustrated me. I mean, that's that's defeating the entire purpose no. of, of the the cool catch that makes this game I special. I agree. When a squid eats your head. There should be a moment that goes by, and then you have to mash B, and then your arm punches out because you regrow inside the squid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Burst from it. Be, as long as you can't get game over through your own character's death, I think that the that that you know it's preserved. Yeah. The the, the mechanic that of, is weird. of immortality. Anyway, that was me ranting a little bit. Let's do a question from. Oh, actually, no. This is really interesting. So I don't know. I don't think no. It was just me, Steimer, and Bromley. I think on the last episode, and we and Bromley brought up a game called Maids with Balloons on Xbox Live, where it is really just about maids with balloons. Is this, this like is a prob- Japanese game? No, this set? is probably an indie no. game, is my guess. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Now we got an email from uh, Jason K. Now Jason K might very well be the developer of this game because <laughs> Jason, angry. Jason, no, had several codes to give away for Maids with oh, Balloons, shit. even he though it's only a dollar. Yeah. So Jason wrote, I heard you meant, oh, also, this just in, I'm a fucking idiot, because Jason writes, I heard you mention my game, Maids with Balloons, in your most recent episode of Podcast Unlocked. That's awesome. Since most of you said you hadn't played it before, I wanted to give you some free download codes in case you wanted to try it. I know the game is only a dollar, but it's still worth typing in one of those codes below to save the Microsoft points, which we very much appreciate. And I would like to pass on this good fortune to our, our uh, listeners. If they want to try out Maids with Balloons, just write, just send us a, a message with Maids with Balloons in the subject line to unlock it. And put a picture of Ryan Clements as a maid. As with a, a balloon. With a balloon. Or in anime form. Probably. Or as yeah. just a or a, just a picture of a maid. It'd probably be fine. Or you just has to as be a safe maid. for work. Safe for work, please. <laughs> Even if it's a pretty lady that's like dressed up in a maid outfit, it needs to be safe for work because I would be opening these at my, my, my workstation, and I don't want you guys to get me. Non safe for work ones, on the other hand, could be sent to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you, Jason. Sorry, I'm an idiot and didn't read that first sentence. I, I read this email too, and I was like, oh, he's giving us codes. Awesome. Apparently, I didn't read. Good. Steal those well from. enough. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that somebody. tattoo is uh, really taxing on your your body today. <laughs> Leave me alone. My tattoo came out great. <laughs> that looks awesome. Yes, I did get a tattoo, people. You can check on Twitter if you would like to see. Just a giant Xbox. It's just a huge <laughs> Xbox on my back. <laughs> and on my chest, I have, I have, uh, I have. Uh, I heart Tifa. No, that's on my arm. <laughs> 
What, what, I'm less than what's, three. I was trying to think of like a, a prominent Xbox developer, but for some reason on the Xbox show, I couldn't think of any Xbox Peter Moore, developer. but Peter Moore isn't there anymore. Oh, developer. Yeah, yeah developer. I was going to say the, the dude with the sunglasses. Oh. Something with a K. Kudo. No, that's not Suda 51. It's Kudo. 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 Yeah. Anybody? Kudo Sonoda. Yes. yes. Thank you. That's I was, was going to say Sudo. that I have a giant picture of him on my tattoo <laughs> on my chest. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I thought I don't. So this one is from our frequent contributor to the podcast unlock discussion, Jake. 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 Jake writes, uh, "What's up? I was just wondering if anything you've ever seen in a video game has ever really bothered you, like on a deeper level, more than just oh that was gross." Like if it was sincerely stuck with you and bothered you, et cetera. All right. Anyway, I know that with video games becoming more and more uh, violent, a medium at times goes on this problem. Okay, Jake, Jake, you need to copy edit your emails a little better. <laughs> but we, I still appreciate your question. Basically, that's totally true. You can look. People get offended, right, wrong, or indifferent about all kinds of things in games, whether it's like in Duke Nukem, for instance, there's those girls that have been like – raped by aliens yeah. and so the game kind of makes light of it in the sense that you're killing these girls that have been raped by aliens put them out of their misery but people get offended because it involves rape and making light of it I mean that's fucked up you know yeah. I'm saying there are things like that in like all kinds of games and it yes. doesn't even have to be something that's trying to be fucked up sometimes of course I think it's I mean what about personally you guys I mean am I comfortable to talk about something that they've either been offended or disturbed by in gaming I was disturbed when I was younger I played Fatal Frame that came on the PS2, I believe, the first one. Mm -hmm. And so the thing about me is I can't play through scary games or can't, I can't watch scary movies. I can't hear about scary stories. I'm a big-ass <laughs> pansy. Oh. I really can't. But for some reason, when I was younger, I, had, like, I, I, I was able to play through most of Silent Hill and Fatal Frame. Wow. And I got to a point – I don't know if any of you know what, the, what Fatal Frame is about, but it's basically you like – Capturing aliens with a camera. <laughs> You capture ghosts. Oh, yeah, actually. ghosts. Sorry, ghosts with the ghost camera. Yeah, and it's, like, based in, like, some Japanese, like, fucked up Japanese scary stories. Yeah. Yes. And I got to a point where um, the story disturbed me so much because it had to deal, it dealt with, like, sacrific sacrificial rituals. Mm -hmm. I could not, I could not think, stop thinking about it for, like, I think six months after that, and I was terrified. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. I was, I, I could not, I couldn't finish it anymore, and I was terrified for six months. Wow. Keep in mind, like I said, I'm a big ass pansy, and I think I was only like 14, 13. I don't remember. You're pretty young. Yes. All right. I've, I've seen plenty things. of things that scared me, but never things that have bothered me. Like, yeah. I, I really yeah. just like any kind of to like physical harm to to anybody really disturbs me. So like things like hostile movies, like Hostile and Saw, I can't watch or hear about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. But yet you shoot people all the time. But yet you can blow someone to pieces with a shotgun. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. What do you think about it? As long that? as the death is you're, quick and not prolonged, it doesn't seem to bother you. And you're also, and that's within the context of combat when yes. you're talking about like torture of innocent so people. So what you're saying is when Gears of War 4 comes out and there's a finger breaking mechanic where you're breaking fingers one at a time, <laughs> that's going to get to you. <laughs> I probably can't, couldn't go through with it. <laughs> oh, man. You just got to mash on the X button. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, what was I going to mention? Oh, yeah. Well, unless, Pete, do you want to go? I don't think I have anything that's really stuck with me. Okay. And I didn't play enough of Duke Nukem to really get offended. Okay. Fair enough. Based Outside of it's just bad. It's mechanics. just dumb. And dumb. Yeah. Well, it's just well, a terrible game overall. We, we should have actually talked a little bit about Duke more, but we're already running kind of late. 
quick thoughts on Duke Nukem. Dumb? Dumb. I, I love Duke 3D. I played months and months, made maps, traded like maps over floppy disks to play across dial-up online matches. Uh, loved it. So despite all the bad reviews, all the negative things I had to see for myself, I turned it off after an hour. It's like someone t- went back to 1995 when people were way less sensitive about a lot of issues and decided to just say, fuck it. We're going to warp our game to 2011 when people do care and say, <laughs> pe- fuck you to all those people. Are people way less sensitive or is just now that games are just more mainstream so it's exposed to a lot more people that are vocal about it? No, I think games – I think people are also just more sensitive. I mean 10 years ago I felt like it was also way more okay to say fag and stuff than it is. I mean I think there's just been a general wave of people being made aware of these things. I actually liked playing Duke Nukem back when it was like a 2D side-scroller. Yeah. Before he started chewing bubblegum and trying to be badass. Yeah. Yeah. And I, then do, I, stopped I do love his voice. That still cracks me up. Uh, yeah, I have not played Duke. I have zero interest in it except to make fun of it uh, because <laughs> I was watching Charles play it and I couldn't stop laughing during the opening sequence. It's but, better to watch videos for that, though, because honestly, you, playing through it is a chore. It is. Yeah. It's so boring. Like, the intro is so boring. Yeah. You have to play for like 30 minutes before they put a gun in your hand in a, in a Duke game. In a shooter, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to our previous conversation, uh, in terms of being disturbed by stuff, I do remember the first time I uh, used Scorpion's grappling hook in the original Mortal Kombat, and when I was, let's see, when when was you the were probably Mortal like Kombat? eleven, I bet. I was extremely young. I don't even know if I was a teenager yet. I that was one of the first times I saw like severe in-game violence, <laughs> and I I got freaked the fuck out. Like I felt sick to my stomach after that. Wow. And then Wait, when Scorpion I, first uh, used his uh... grappling hook. And like, like pulled someone like, in, so you you, you, you saw the blood, and yeah. you like yanked someone, and then like people are flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that 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 began my slow path towards desensitization of violence. I was gonna say you make me feel like there's something wrong with me. When I saw that, I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think I was the same. It's it's the the that's the thing is that now violence doesn't bother me, and that maybe that's a bad thing. You know, I don't know. I think most most people our age now have been totally. Uh, become immune yeah. I think in some, in some cases like some violent games it's, it's, it has that comical overtone like in Grand Theft Auto it, you can't take that stuff seriously but in, 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 in the sense of Fatal Frame it was so you know <laughs> it seemed like it could happen in real life yeah so we had on someone yanking you out of your car while you're driving down the street well, is I'm, less I'm, plausible I'm, than I'm, a ghost I'm attacking you referring... where you only have a camera to defend yourself <laughs> I think we should live stream <laughs> Stephanie playing Fatal Frame now. I would Someone love that. live streamed me playing Dead Space. And uh, I think it was funny. It's so it was real. interesting. <laughs> this I'm going to stop talking to anybody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, would no, love, no, no, no. I would love to watch you play the opening no, 10 wouldn't. minutes of Dead Space 2. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be pretty awesome. We might need to make a special feature of that. Stephanie I will leave Lee. the country. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> no. Don't do that. Who am I going to go down to oh, whatever man. those Korean we're restaurants are? We're going to sign you the Silent Hill do. 5 Guide or whatever in the next Silent Hill game. Nope. <laughs> I actually played through Silent Hill 2 also. That know. was the most fucked up one. If you can do that, you can do anything. It, psychologically. I mean, it had a, it had, I mean, like the story was great. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how I played through it. It was like this one point where I grew big balls or something. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Let's talk more games. about this strange turn of events. <laughs> yeah, and okay. I'm ready. I was. Yeah. I was. Oh, that was, was that, that your was, story? That was it. Oh, that's oh, okay. it. Right. And I was able to play through those games, but right. now I can't. Okay. 
Fair enough. Yeah. That's okay. I, to be totally honest, as I talk, I've mentioned on Beyond many times. I may have mentioned it on this show too. Uh, st- I've still never beat Dead Space because it got me so. I was so scared. I had to stop playing. <laughs> like I was actually so frightened because I was playing at night by myself with really good headphones on in my. Uh, it's, it was an in-law apartment at the time, so it was sort of like you know this little tiny space below someone's you know or other someone this old lady's house, and good. Gracious, that was a scary game. Were you living by yourself? Yeah, I was living by myself oh, at the wow. time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, supernatural stuff is just not okay. For Did me. anyone play Amnesia? I played some of it, and that game screwed up as well. Yeah, I've only played parts of it too, but because you can't defend yourself. <laughs> I think I heard about that. Yeah, I think I think I actually I there's a part of me that really enjoys watching scary movies. In fact, I just recently subjected myself to at night by myself once again, got drunk and watched the original Paranormal Activity. Uh, with a really good pair of headphones. That didn't bother you? Uh, I, oh, I had fucking, like, I was fucking freaked. Uh, I, like, I went to bed just thinking, what, what could I do to defend myself against a demon attack right <laughs> Nothing. now? Nothing. It's a yeah. demon. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I, and part of me likes getting scared, but I, in video games, you're in control, and thus you're, the fate, the sort of the fate of your character, your, your experience of the fear is dependent on you. Yeah. And that makes me even more scared. That's why I was when I was playing Dead Space. I was like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Isaac's dead. He's fucked. There's no <laughs> way he's getting out of this. There's necromorphs everywhere. It's terrible. Terrible. All right, blank stairs. <laughs> Let's go on to our final little uh, reader submitted comment from Ashton. Ashton writes, "Hey, Unlocked Crew. I'm an English teacher in South Korea, and I have a Japanese region Xbox 360. I was wondering if there were any Japanese games you would recommend. I'm interested in Atlas's Catherine." But I'd like to get that in English in July. I don't speak Japanese, but would like to have one or two fun Japanese games just for novelty. Any suggestions are appreciated. Man, why doesn't he have an American Ashton. Xbox? If he's well, American. Well, no. He, uh, Ashton wants to play like a, just a Japanese game f- for novelty's sake. So I'm trying to think of a Japanese game that w- you would not really need to read a lot. That's like quirky or something? Uh, I think anything. Get, go get Earth Defense Force when it comes out. There you go. Okay. Well, when does that come out, though? July 5th. Okay. Yeah, pretty soon. There we go. Is yeah, that that g- requires no reading. Yeah, but is that is that going to have a local Japanese version? Oh, no doubt. That's right. been such a huge f- franchise in Japan for so long. It's right. being published by D3, Yeah. so it's going to be in Japan. Cool. So get Earth Defense Force. Also, just go to the game store and just buy anything with like a crazy-looking anime character on the front. That's but everything. A cr- but a crosshair is on the back. What? <laughs> because then you'll know it's a shooter, ah. but you you'll know that it's going to be quirky anime craziness because the, the the characters on the front. Also, so Ashton wrote it that there are the re- the main reason why I selected this question is because Ashton writes, "P.S. Ryan, I agree. Twenty one is the premiere. Oh shit, premiere or premier? I always forget. Premiere, 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 premiere. We sure? No. Finish the sentence. Yes. All right. The premiere K-pop group." Huh? Premiere. Anyway. Okay. Premiere of what? Premiere. No, I think I think it's premiere because premiere would be mean the best or the yeah. you know. Anyway, and they are. The, we this is basically a long running thing that I fuck up on the show is that I always get premiere and premiere confused. Um, so anyway, but anyway, uh, Ashton writes, Ryan, I agree. The Twenty One is the coolest K-pop group. However, most of my students disagree. So I disagree I thought, as well. I thought this was awesome because this is a English teacher living what do in his South Korea. Think? Yes. So, Ashton, the reason I bring this up, I want you to write in. First of all, tell me what your students think. And then 
whoa, you're an English teacher in South Korea? That's awesome. I want to hear more about that. Send me stories, cool stories about how you, how you like drink soju and have awesome Korean barbecue and listen to 21. <laughs> Sounds like my dream. Ask your students true. if they believe in fan death as well, please. What is, what is that? What? Oh, oh, one of the urban legends that they have yes, there? Yes, but it's not an urban legend to them. It's very much a government right. truth. So write us about fan death next time. I don't know what that is. Should yeah. I know? It, You'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. Goodness, that sounds really scary. It does. All right. So I think that pretty much wraps up everything that we wanted to talk You're about gonna today. You're not going to open the discussion to, to whether 21 is indeed the premier K-pop band? Stephanie, who is, what's the best K-pop group in Korea right now? Oh, right now. Yes. I think Big Bang is way bigger than 21. Anyway, they're bigger. On. Yeah. This uh, is it. No, I'm sorry, Anthony. You know who runs this show? <laughs> Ryan Clement. No, I'm not moving on because I don't want to talk about K-pop. I'm moving on because her answer is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did not expect that. <laughs> it's 21. God damn it. I, I mean, first of all, Big Bang. 20, Big Bang helped 21 <laughs> rise to stardom first True, of all. True, just because they, they had debuted first, but also their label mates, they're supposed to work together as a team. That we, They shouldn't have to compete. So <laughs> Whatever you in your strange Care Bear Land world. <laughs> what are you Care Bear Land world. Wow. I want to live there where Care Bears <laughs> just wander the, wander the world. But it's also a land. Uh, that's but, it for... Oh, I want to say Epic High too. Okay. They're probably not really considered K-pop. They're like. They're not very poppy. Yeah. They're like the alternative K-pop. Sigh. <laughs> I miss rock. them. I missed them live last year, two years ago maybe. I'm very. I'm still very disappointed about that. I'm still disappointed that I missed SM Town 2010 in LA last year. Happened right before TGS. It was at Don't You Roll Your Eyes at Me, Peter. I, <laughs> I rolled nothing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was like a massive concert with tons of different uh, K pop groups, including Girls' Generation. Like we won't I miss it this it. year, though. How right, could Ryan? you miss it? Uh, how could I miss it? It was ter- I just I can't believe what I did. I missed it. Man, missed Girls' Generation. Show. I love them too. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Do you really? Do you yeah. really listen to K-pop? I'm being totally serious. You could. Th- I told Ryan you could throw a dart in a dark room where they're running around, and if it, any one of them hits, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Besides though. injuring them by throwing a dart at them, <laughs> I'd nurse their wounds. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anthony is actually like sort of a uh, a K-pop fan now because because of me. <laughs> I would say I could name several songs from multiple different K-pop groups. Yeah, you can also name every member of Twenty One. That's true. And I think you might be able to name one person from Girls' Generation. No. Okay. <laughs> I can name all. I actually th- can't name all of them. Either. I can name all nine of them. See, I'm, which I'm is not a feat. Against Be- it, I'm just uneducated. I just don't know. We shall educate you after this. Let's turn. Let's turn this fucking podcast off right now. Have a K-pop party. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, begins. <laughs> let's get this party started. <laughs> and then Anthony slams the cup down. Are you gonna get nine more tattoos with like each of their names on your back? No. Or like down your. I calf? I would not. And you Although, call yourself a fan. That's, I know. That's almost tempting. <laughs> but I would not do that because that's uh I don't know. I feel like that's too risky. As I, believe, as I believe Anthony pointed out, you don't want to do a tattoo of someone that's still alive because it could be ruined later in your life. Yep. They might release yeah. a really crappy single, and then you're like, ah, oh, God. Or like, it turns out they're all, they all burn orphanages in their free time, <laughs> and I'm like, what have you done, Girls' Generation? Uh, if you would like to follow any of us loons on Twitter, you can follow me at Pwamcider, P-W-A-M Cider. You can follow Peter at Pykemans, which is P-E-Y-K-E-M-A-N-S. 
You can follow Stephanie Lee at SuperLee7. You can follow Anthony at Chuff Money, C-H-U-F, Money. Money spelled out, not the dollar sign. People. I wanted to clarify that it's spelled L-E-E. My last name is not L-I or L-Y Thank or you. L-E. I'm sorry that I didn't clarify. There's actually a lot of different spellings, so I just wanted to help you out there. I appreciate that. Yeah. I should have said that. I will never make that mistake again. And you can also follow sure of it. You can follow IGN at IGN if you want just a direct feed of all the coolest content that we produce here at this fine site, Whoops. of which we are recording this podcast for, yeah. which is now complete. <laughs> this, this is <laughs> let's get this party started. Uh, thank you very much for joining Podcast Unlocks, the absolute best 360 podcast on IGN, because we're the only one. Uh, for more Podcast Unlocked action. And banana hammocks. And banana hammocks. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you can tune in next week on Wednesday. <laughs> Dream pumping. That was the best one that came out of that. Uh, definitely. Oh, Stephanie's throwing shit at me. What are you doing? What was that? Was that? I don't know. With my freakish strength, I broke off this pen, uh, this little handle on nice. this pencil. That's it, guys. We're just we're just pretty we're pretty much done now. We're ready to start our K-pop party. Uh, don't forget to tune in next week when we teach you how to recite Shakespeare in Korean. This is big podcast. That's a big promise. We didn't even teach them how to wrestle a bear or make that meat sauce yet. Stephanie. Thinking to yourself, wow, am I about to open my door and bring this girl into my room and then have to pull out the formaldehyde rag before she gets too scared and runs away? No, shh. <laughs> At one point, coming into your where you live, does that have to happen? Well, I, when I used far? to live in an apartment with, with the seven other dudes, there was a giant Lord of the Rings poster about six by eight feet. Whole map of Middle Earth. Oh so it was like God. right when they entered, they had to understand where they were going. Oh, God. No, I'm about to make a terrible mistake. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.